Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. You can check out um, my website at narctroopers.com, and I'm really glad to have you here today as we talk about the invasion of the brain snatchers. Invasion of the brain snatchers. You know, I've been doing a lot of research lately on neurobiology and chemical effects, neuroplasticity, all these things that involve the brain. And it's very interesting. I'm going to be uh, putting out a lot more information about that, but uh, I want to lay the foundation with these ideas about um, how the narcissist hijack your brain and sort of hack your brain, like hacking into a computer. So uh, let's begin with that. One of the most innovative new discoveries about narcissism that really frames the interaction that they have with their significant others arrives via a recent lecture by Sam Vaknin. So after hearing this, this talk he did, this lecture, I conducted more research and um, it's about really uh, getting a deeper understanding about your relationship with a person who has narcissistic personality disorder. Could also apply to people with antisocial personality disorder and to psychopaths or to any um, comorbidity mixed up with those three things that are all cluster B disorders. Maybe even a little borderline, maybe, but I'm, I'm, I can't say that because I don't know. I don't know if it affects uh, that part of cluster B, but but the three that I mentioned, NPD, ASPD, and psychopaths, yes, if these people are involved and you have been involved with them, then this talk is, is for you. So let's unpack this. First of all, there's an altered state of consciousness that happens within a relationship with a narcissist. They idealize their romantic partner, and when they fall in love with the narcissist, they are actually falling in love with their own idealized image that the narcissist has allowed them access to. For some, it is their first experience with self-love. So you can imagine how powerful that might be, especially for someone who's never really been able to learn how to do that for themselves. There is a mass psychogenic illness, also known as a shared fantasy or shared psychosis, that happens in a relationship with one of these disordered people. Um, it's also called a folie à deux in French. Uh, I guess that's two people's foolishness, this literal translation of that. But uh, it's delusional. And um, from everything that I have studied, I, it indicates that during that relationship, when you're in that bubble, uh, that that reality is, is not um, there for you or for your partner. Neither one of you are rooted in reality. Um, and so that is of major concern. I think we need to all just think about that for a second. If neither one of you uh, is, is rooted in reality and you're in some altered state, um, then what is that and how does that affect you? Another feature of a relationship with a person with NPD is something that has been studied 
and really it's just something kind of new in the past year or so. It's called prolonged grief disorder. Many people in love with a person with NPD experience this after the discard, after they're gone. It's the inability for people who have been entangled with these upside down convoluted pairings with disordered folks to just ever be able to fully recover. They remain in a state of grief indefinitely, sometimes for very, very long extended periods of time, unable to let go or to move on. It's as if they were left behind in the magical theme park after the narcissist decides to exit and abandon them there and they're trapped there and they don't know how to get out. One of the trademark qualities of these defining uh, features of the relationship with the NPD partner is the dissociative state that happens and keeps the victim stuck and unable to get out or move on. When you are most vulnerable and unable to interface with reality, it's like a bad dream where you are uncertain about your situation and what is real. This is when the next process kicks in and happens. So this next process is something pretty new, pretty revolutionary. Um, and it's, I think it's a brilliant advancement in understanding what happens to the brains of the victims. In training, in training is a concept from neuroscience. Um, Dr. Vaknin talks about this on his videos uh, recently. When and so it's when external factors influence the brain to produce specific brain waves. And the victim's brain in these relationships becomes synchronized with the abuser's brain waves to create something called merger fusion or enmeshment. This is all brain science. It's real. Um, it's, these are really names for things that are happening to you during that abusive relationship. And it doesn't have to be physical abuse, it can be emotional abuse, which is really tough, really, really tough. The minute that you are enmeshed, you no longer have agency over your own life. Essentially, you have been brainwashed. The abuser maintains control over your brain and has the power to have control over everything then. It's a scientific fact that this happens, especially with verbal abuse or emotional abuse. The first dissociative reactions happen during the grooming part at the beginning when the minds become the hive mind. You heard about that? That, they, that we are... Um, we are built, human beings, to be in communities, in clusters, tribal, um, like a beehive. And, you know, in beehives, they all sync to the same frequency, so to speak. Uh, they all function together as one mind, right? So that's what happens in these relationships. Does he know what he's doing to you? this narcissist? I don't think so. Probably not. Uh, it's just, um, it's, it's just part of their predatory skill set 
they're they're wired that way to to do that to people as a predator and you have to remember that that the person with npd is a predator he takes away what is called regulatory functions so you are defenseless and allow the abuser to control all of your moods decisions reactions and everything if you think about that while you were in it knee deep eyeball deep or whatever you're going to realize that that's true you really did not have any power any agency over your own life it happens through tools like approach avoidance push and pull you know verbal and other forms of abuse and intermittent reinforcement here again i don't think they consciously say oh i'm gonna do this thing or that thing i think as predators that's what predators do. You disable the victim so they can't get away, and then you eat them and consume them. And isn't that what has happened here? That they disabled you where you couldn't get away, uh, and then they consumed you? I think that's what happens. Um, and so you just hand over your power. The entrainment, according to Dr. Vaknin, is a reorganization of the mind. It is a type of conditioning that is most likely um, something that everybody's unaware of while it's happening, but it's very powerful nonetheless. These non-autonomous cognitions and emotions may be experienced as your own. You may think that they're your thoughts. You may think you're in control. Um, and you may feel like they're real and authentic, but they are not. The narcissist takes over your brain, even though you subjectively experience everything as if it's your own. But it's not your own. It's theirs. Your brain becomes a clone of the abuser's brain. This is not all, uh, you know, theory and hypothesis. And, um, you know, this is been proven to be true uh, that this is a phenomena that happens y'all sync up your brains um, and uh, you know your brain becomes a clone think of it as a virus it's a virus the healthy cell accepts the virus then becomes a factory for duplicating it over and over right isn't that what happens with a virus and that's the same thing with this the victim is thinking that the integrity of their mind, their feelings, their beliefs are real when they aren't. There is an external pathogen that has taken over and the victim does not even realize it. The narcissist is this predator and he is a predator at his core. You know, like a shark, it's probably not aware of its reaction to blood that causes it to take certain actions. It just goes there to the source of the blood and attacks and eats and does all that, right? Another example is how certain parasites infect cats to make them crave mice who act as vectors to deliver what the parasite needs to survive. The process is innate, ingrained, hardwired survival mechanism that is not recognized regardless of how much it controls behavior. So when the discard happens, or in some cases you actually have the strength and courage to escape, um, the relationship ends in some way, then there's a problem. 
because identity has been corrupted and disrupted by the dissociative state, this delusional psychosis that you have both been dwelling in during your time together. Even when the abuser's gone, the victim can't recover because they do not have an accurate memory of what actually really happened. It's like waking from a coma. It's like being abducted by aliens and then being dropped off at the end of the abduction. You know, you, 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 your memory is not accurate. And without accurate memory, there is no identity because those go together. The narcissist may have exited the scene and moved on to repeat the same pattern with a new victim in a new place, but they often leave their partner in this stuck in this shared fantasy and still connected to this one mind, even though they're no longer participating in it. After the abuser is gone, you no longer have a firewall or memories of being you. You have memories of doing and being, but you were not yourself. I hope that that's making sense to you. Um, you know, when you got in this relationship, didn't people come up to you and say, you've changed, you seem different, this isn't you, or they would make comments like that, and you would be thinking, I'm just the same, I haven't changed, what are you talking about? But you did, you just didn't notice it, like the frog in the in the tepid water where they turn up the heat and he doesn't know he's getting cooked until he's, until he's like in boiling water and dead. Same concept. You don't realize what has happened to you. You don't feel it. You don't see it. Your, your uh, experience does not tell you that that's happening. Um, you know, you may have memories of doing and existing and being and making choices and stuff, but they weren't really yours. You were not yourself. It's programming and conditioning and brainwashing at best. You're trapped in a closed theme park after the narcissist has departed and you're just stuck there. Like I said before, one of the worst parts of coming out of this kind of dissociative fantasy, when the aliens bring you back and when you wake up from that coma, it's as if you were not even like you didn't even exist during that time that you spent with the narcissist. It's like you're, you know, that's lost time, lost time. For me, I lost 16 years of my life in the marriage and I lost another two plus years trying to get back to myself and my own identity after it was over. I think memory is a crucial part of recovery from narcissistic abuse. Trauma is dissociative and we, um, we have to work through it to be able to get back to reality. Try to sort out what was, um, what was their brain hijacking and what was your real identity, which was which. You can have some hope of reforming yourself and determining what is real and not real after you've recovered your memories. What you must, you know, I think you must call back um, the memories of the time you spent in that bubble, in that uh, down the rabbit hole. Um, the work of reputable scientists will help illuminate the ways we can recover ourselves and become whole again. Uh, as more and more people in the world around us reveal their NPD and the awareness of, of, of the masses or 
the awareness of what this personality disorder actually is and what it does to people and all that, only when we all know this, um, then and only then will we understand the pieces of this puzzle. As the esteemed Richard Grannon so aptly said, it's like your mind has been hacked. I think that is exactly what happened to you. So how do you leave this waking nightmare? Uh, self is a defense because it has boundaries where the self ends and the world begins. I think self is the key to recovery. When self is not constellated and constructed and ordered in a concrete way by a series of authentic memories that serve as markers, then the door of the prison swings open and now we simply need to just um, embrace this awareness, collect our courage, build resiliency, release the trauma, and accept what the narcissist is and is not. And then, only then, can we really move forward uh, by meeting ourselves where we are and taking ourselves into a safe place, free of toxic predators and the ultimate um, betrayal. Uh, and let me share one last thing with you before I let you go. Um, I did a list, uh, part of a journaling exercise with my mental health professional. Um, and mental health people, when they have this happen to them, they go to other mental health people in the community and they help each other. You can't really do therapy on yourself very well. Like doctors don't treat their own families. They get a professional courtesy and get some other doctor in the community to treat their family and themselves. Uh, same concept. So I do have uh, a provider who um, uh, does therapy on this kind of stuff, just like I do. Uh, and so we did this journaling exercise where she said, I want you to do chronologically by the year. And I had told her that I've done a lot of recent research on memory and I would like to, for her to try to find some exercise that, that I could do some activity that I could do to kind of walk me through it. And so she said, put down the years that you were with him, like 2003, 2004, 2005, and then bullet point a couple of the main things that stand out from each year. Like what are things that you remember? Just the first things that come into your mind or the things that you think were the most prominent, significant things. So I did that and it took me a while because it was 16 years of thinking back. And then when I looked at the list with her, she said, what are you noticing about these bullet points? And I had not seen it. I couldn't see the trees for the forest. You heard that before? I couldn't see the trees for the forest. But I stood back and I looked at that list and I realized that when I fell into the rabbit hole and went off to Yaya land with my narcissist, it's almost as if uh, I left the planet and I left behind everything and everybody in the process. I couldn't, the things that I wrote on the list were all about him. They were all about him. And if you asked me, what was going on with your job? What happened at work that year? What was going on? Who was your principal? <laughs> what, what were your students like? Um, what successes and failures did you have? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even tell you 
important things about my own children that had been the center of my life all my life until I met the narcissist. They had been at the center of it. I had devoted all my time and energy to giving them uh, an excellent childhood, much better than mine. And I was feeling pretty good about what I had been able to be for them and uh, what I had provided to them. I was feeling pretty good about it. And then I met him and it's like um, he stole me from them. He, I was abducted, taken away and, and I disappeared because I can't tell you uh, the detail, any memory of really what was going on with them. Oh yeah, that was the year my son graduated from college and got married. Oh yeah, this was the year that my daughter graduated from high school and this is, you know, but as far as like being here on earth, part of their life, being the mother they had always known, uh, I was gone. I was with him. He owned me hundred percent owned me. Uh, and here again, I, I think that he doesn't know exactly uh, what he's doing. Um, some of it, I think maybe he is intentional, but he doesn't, he doesn't really understand what drives him or how he achieves his goals the way he does. Uh, but yeah, I looked at that list and the only memories I have for 16 years centered around him, things he did, things I remember about us or him. And can you imagine the heartbreak, the grief, the sadness, the regret, the regret, the anger, the just incomprehensible nature of knowing that I disappeared and that I was gone and that I was not there for my children. I missed all those years of their lives because I was maybe physically there, but I was gone. I was gone with my person with narcissistic personality disorder and his, all of his other comorbidities that he had. He had other things wrong with him too. I, it's like he abducted me and stole me from my family, from my job, from the life that I had, he took me from that life, just plucked me out of it, transported me to this place where nothing was real. And it was intermittent reinforcement that kept me there. It was the most blissful, joyous, fantastical extravaganza of my life. And at the same time, it was filled with such horror, perversion, uh, depravity, disappointment, fear, just awful things that he did. And, and, and then they would be over quickly. And then it was back to, to happy fantasy bliss land. And it was that back and forth of joy and suffering and happiness and pain. And, uh, it was just, a, it, it does something to you. It's like they use those techniques when they're torturing people and trying to, to brainwash them by torturing. And then, and then they stop and they stop the torture and then they feed them a meal and let them take a bath and, and they stop torturing them for a while. And then the torture starts up again and it's worse than it was before. It keeps getting worse and worse 
but you try to just get through it because you know as soon as you get through it, there's good times that are coming. It's so messed up. It is so uh, unbelievable that you could live like that in a place where you don't have the power to get away and you don't see that you have been uh, abducted and there you are just like in this bubble in this fantasy world that doesn't even exist anyway that's what I wanted to share with you tonight uh, the power of this kind of abuse the power of these predators to uh, hack your brain so that you have no agency over your own life and um, and that is a fact it happens and then the next step is we've got to figure out what to do about it because you don't want to just I mean you have to um, you have to do something about it recovering from trauma does not happen naturally or just effortlessly without doing the work and and actually doing something about it it won't go away on its own this is not your regular recovery it's not like that other time you broke up with so-and-so or it wasn't like oh well it was like I've been divorced once before it's not like that this is something else and you have to wrap your mind around that this is something else you've been gone and while you were gone all this stuff happened the whole world shifted and now that you're back it's painful it's shocking it's sad it's horrible it's difficult and you're gonna have to learn to navigate it to get back to yourself so that you can have peace and joy again okay troopers that's it uh, thank you for being here with me we're learning together we're growing we're evolving we're healing together I'm not all the way there but I know I can get there and I am determined I cannot just live like this and neither can you we have to work hard to overcome it to get over and get free from it and I believe we can do that and thank you for being here on this journey with me okay guys bye